Welcome to The Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. Fresh off of Talk the Thrones, The Ringer is introducing a new live Twitter after show covering season two of HBO's Big Little Lies. Immediately after each episode, The Ringer's Amanda Dobbins and ESPN's Mina Kimes will be going live to give their initial reactions and break down everything we saw in the episode. And to kick us off, there will be a special season two preview airing on Friday, June 7th at 12 p.m. Pacific. So join Amanda and Mina for Big Little Live every Sunday on Twitter. What's going on, jabronis? It's Pitch Mr. Perfect, Skylar Aston. Hey, this is Bruce Pritchard. Rose Battle Season 1 champion, Mike Lawrence. The king of sad stop. The Silver Lake heartthrob. It's Trey Kirby. It's Nick Mundy. It's a surreal WWE superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE superstar, Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. Zach Linder. Dan Black, a.k.a. the Goofaraja. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening, you're listening to this. You're listening to, you're listening to and you are listening to you're listening, you're listening, you're listening to you're listening to the Masked Man the Show. Masked Man 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 Show. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. I'm your host, David Shoemaker. Sitting across from me is, I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, he's as valid a guest as will ever come on the show, but he did suggest himself for the role. He, oh, he, he's all in. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's, he's a self-starter. And if you've seen online, I know many people listening to this have. If you've seen those beautiful double or nothing posters, um, that are that are for sale on pro wrestling tees and have been the art's been all over the place. He also did a series called the Chicago series for All In, although it wasn't officially sponsored by uh, the the well what the whatever AEW was back then. Um, but he is now. This is Jonathan Bartlett, acclaimed illustrator for uh, all things All Elite, but also um, for some stuff on the Ringer dot com. Uh, how you doing, man? Thank you for doing this. Of course, I'm doing great. It's huge, awesome to be here. Huge wrestling fan. Yep. Uh, heel producer Jim is also there, and believe it or not, he watched Double or Nothing. I wanted to have Jonathan on this week because he was the one shooting me messages uh, about Double or Nothing and about the John Moxley talk is uh, talk is Jericho uh, interview, and those are the two things I want to talk about this week. We might have a second to talk about WWE, but really at this point, um, this is the biggest week in in. Uh, in pro wrestling, um, maybe since I started doing this podcast, at least for the pro wrestling expanded universe. And, uh, yes, yes. and I don't think uh, double or nothing on its own would have been a big deal, but I think the Moxley thing as it relates to WWE is, is, uh, is as significant as anything is going to be, has been since, well, I mean, since CM Punk left and did a podcast and the whole thing, I mean, definitely. Yeah. 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 Which um, isn't, which if I can interrupt, isn't that, go to show you what is happening with the waves that AEW is making that this podcast which whether intentional or not I would say is mostly a WWE podcast at least that's what I listen to it I tell my friends this is the WWE podcast and here we are talking about AEW yeah yeah, I think that's true. I think I mean, and and, and listen, the we're going to do AEW uh, double or nothing first. And then we're gonna do the Johnny. Then we're gonna do John Moxley on Talk Is Jericho. They're both inc- incredibly important. But it is, I mean, the Moxley interview is as big a deal as can be. For those who don't know, I mean, if you only listen to one wrestling podcast a week and it's this one, first of all, thank you. Uh, but second of all, you got to just stop what you're doing after you listen to this and go download John Moxley on Talk Is Jericho. Um, 
honestly, like if he had left WWE and decided to go try his hand at Hollywood, or if he had left WWE and and started a wrestling school, you know, and whatever, and, and right. maybe worked a couple of years, I mean, like whatever, like it would not have been as big of a deal. The reason why this, it, he would have had the exact same things to say, but it would have felt like it, it, this felt like a much bigger deal because. For all of their insistence that they're not competing with WWE, they had their launch this weekend, AEW, that is. And Moxley coming out and basically ha- conducting a shoot interview on Jericho's podcast makes it feel like the Monday Night Wars are back. You know, I mean, and, and, yeah. and I don't and I don't and I know we're a long way off from that being legitimate. And I know it's never they're never going to go head to head. Well, it, well, isn't it what I found interesting from that interview, uh, I mean, amongst many things, which I know you're going to get into, we'll get into, but the fact that like, it wasn't, it wasn't exactly this grand plan, at least from what there, he was saying on there. Going on all, I mean, going, moving to all elite. Yeah. Like yeah. this leaving, leaving the WWE, going to all elite, showing up at double nothing. The fact that it was in Vegas where he lives um, right after, con- like, there was no plan. Like, oh, double or nothing. Right when my contract ends, that's perfect. It was just happened. And so, yeah. like, how could you can, you know, why? Like, case in point, you couldn't write it any better. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's so it's totally true. And I think that's kind of what made the whole thing so compelling was that it, was that there was a sort of serendipity to it, right? Yeah. Is that when he was leaving? I mean, I had, I will say, without without Cody or or Moxley or Tony Khan telling me directly. Mm. I had it about, I was about as certain that John Moxley was going to AEW as I could have been. And, wow. and, or I mean, there's other people that could have told me directly that, you know, whatever, that would have, that would have increased my confidence. But I, I was, I was fairly sure he was going to be there, but there was just an air of uncertainty that surrounded it in a way that there would never have been if it were, if it had been preordained to that degree, if it right. had been that much of a given, it would, you know, if the revival get released tomorrow, we're not going to have this, this miasma of like, ah, I don't really know where they're going. Yeah, you know, right, like, right, it, right. you know, it's, it was just so it, it, it was real. It was real. His, was. and his, his departure from WWE was real. But before we get to that, before we get into John Moxley, I want to talk about double or nothing because, at least the biggest pay-per-view that happened this weekend. Um, but also because this was the first official AEW show. Um, and I think it was an interesting combination of here's everything that's going on, that's been going on kind of in the, I'm going to use the indies very broadly, but been mm-hmm. going on in the wrestling world mm-hmm. outside of WWE in yep. case you didn't know. Yep. And it was part that and part here's things that WWE, like here's an improvement on the WWE product sort of, or here's, here's a, here's a blind spot. Here's a, I mean, just sort of like the, the, the Cody Dustin match was a, there wasn't anything in it that WWE hasn't done before. It's just the delivery was better and it was something they, they aren't interested in doing right now, I guess. Yeah. That, that, that's actually a interesting way to look at it, that it's nothing that WWE hasn't done before. It's just what they're not doing now. I would agree I, get, I mean, it, wrestling is wrestling, right? Right. So, you know, it's storytelling. Well, that's the big over, like the umbrella over this is storytelling, really. But what what I found interesting was the anticipation is something that the WWE wouldn't, and to no fault of their own, but would never be able to have and hasn't had in, I mean, since when? I don't even know. To that match. 
to to the, the, the poker pay per view in general. Yeah, for sure. And which I so I was going to ask you like how did okay I mean and I'm I'm sure I'm a little beyond but like how did you watch the show like give me just the quick setup like. You were at home with your family, kind of around. Was, you were making dinner. No, no, I was, I was busy. I mean, I, I can't. I didn't watch it live. Didn't watch. Okay. I, uh, I, I didn't watch it until. I mean, I, and that, I, I went in with my my expectations overly high because I finally watched it on Monday at my desk. Wow. Um, over the top, the whole thing, and I, and it was a, and it was a, I was expecting to be underwhelmed. Wow. Because no, because. I had already gone through the roller coaster of emotions, like people reacting to it on Saturday. Oh yeah, yeah. And then I was just like, yeah, I mean, but come on. Like, I, and I start, and I, and then I had forty eight hours to imagine every match after having read, uh-huh. I, like, I read the quick reviews. Uh-huh. At that point, I was like, I can't. I have to stay with. I'm not. I can't watch it. And at that point, I'd already missed it. So what does it really matter? Right. But then I. But every break I got, I started. I found like longer write ups. You right. know, like the more in depth. Uh, uh, you know, blow by blows from the event, and at this point, I had imagined every single thing that happened in the match. I'm going back and reading the, like, as many words about the strong hearts as I can. You know, I mean, it's just like I, I was, I had, I had experienced so much of it before I watched it. It was a very bizarre experience. Yeah, that, that okay, that is bizarre. Actually. Um, but anyway, um, it was a, it was an incredible show, and and in terms of. What we things that WWE has done before, things that we've seen before. I mean, the big matches on this show we've all we've seen in some iteration, all of them before, right? Yeah. I mean, if you, I mean, if you're uh, not we, they exist in the world. Yeah, um, I think. Well, I'm sure the Dusty Cody is, uh, but they wrestled in WWE. I mean, sure. it's totally different. It's never. Gonna, it was nothing like this. I'm just saying that, like, we've seen them together in a ring. Yeah. Like, it's not like I'm not. Yeah, not trying to compare that to what's happened before. No, no. Um, I'm just going to run through the card really quick. Jim, jump yeah. in mm-hmm. whenever you want. If you have anything to say, did you watch Jim just right off the top? Because you're the you are the um, the guinea wrestling pig? dilettante guinea pig of this of this crew. Did you watch the battle royal pieces? Okay. Um, I made little. I started scribbling down little notes of like the big winner, like the the yeah. breakout stars of the night. Yeah, and the yeah, battle yeah. royal had a bunch of them that yeah. you could have put in that category, dude. But um, yeah, who Luchasaurus. was your biggest for you? I was gonna say Luchas- Luchas- well, Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus got awesome. more hype online than anybody else, and subsequently got signed by AEW. Like he's a full time employee oh, because of the reaction to him. You think that was hundred percent? Yes. Oh my gosh, dude! No, I because you're looking at that, and it's like that's their big man, and he's wearing a friggin' dinosaur mask, mm-hmm. and somehow it doesn't look ridiculous it's and like, also his moveset is like judo kicks dude I, and i don't know i so admittedly i was bits and pieces on the battle royal as well because i was like couldn't get the youtube stream to work and then i was like oh i can just watch this on the pay-per-view i already bought on dbr live whatever anyway i went and watched some of the clips online of him in other matches that dude's doing like like top rope spot mm-hmm. like what yeah, he's good. I mean, the sizing thing. I mean, I'm always I'm the biggest like size dude. I talk. I spend too much time Your on my podcast man. talking about it. Not my body man. I mean, there's been a lot of rumors that of, of the various disaffected WWE employees that Randy Orton has is counted amongst them, and that he might be a potential future AEW target or something like wow. that. But Randy Orton, 100 percent, would be bigger than the Big Show compared to the AEW roster, right? Like, so Luchasaurus is big. I know they've been in the market for various big men. I'm not sure how big Luchasaurus is. Even like the the other, I mean, the various monsters that have been monsters on on uh, Lucha Underground are all shapes and sizes. You know, uh, I mean, like Jeff Cobb was a monster, a mask monster on that thing. He's not the biggest dude in the world. You know, I mean, he's an enormous dude in well, many directions. But he's his Wikipedia says six five. 
Who Luchasaurus? Yeah, he Did was you? in NXT. Yeah, I know. He or, had a he had a very we, he had he had a, a cup of coffee in NXT. And Judas he, Devlin. <laughs> Did you know he was on Big Brother too? Which I just found yes. out today. Yeah. I was <laughs> also, like, oh, is this the Miz two point? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, he had glasses on the whole time, and he was just like, yeah, he's one of those like a professional wrestlers on this reality show, and yeah. you're just like, Jesus Christ! Yeah. Like, he's not. I remember having to go to bat for Kenny King on the what show was he on? Bachelorette. Oh, Bachelorette. Yeah. Which at that time my wife and I were watching religiously. And yeah, me that. too. This is what you do when you're married. Yeah, get ready, guys. Monday nights become a whole different ball. That's yeah. the, the real Monday night war yeah. is who's going to watch whose show on Monday night. Yeah. Um, get ready for get ready for uh, permanent relationships. They're fantastic. Um, so so he was great. MJF is a guy who's oh. obviously the wrestling internet intelligentsia, whatever, is very up to date on MJF. Although he's not at Adam Page's level, certainly. Uh, but even those amongst, I mean, even even for people who knew who he was, who were who appreciated who he is, this was the this is probably a lot of people's biggest exposure to him. Even if you clicked on a couple of matches on YouTube or watched the promos, especially his like you know Twitter presence and that kind of thing. Sure, this was him in a ring for twenty minutes. Yeah, you know, I mean, this was a big this was this was a big showcase for him, and yeah. it really set the stage for him as you know the kind of old school heel of the company. Oh, totally. And when he, I mean, I don't know if we're how much in order, but to jump ahead, like when he came back out and was cutting up that or cutting that promo. Jared, go ahead and talk about it. When they, when they did the, when Brett Hart came out later in the show, a whole other, like there's so many things. And Brett came out with the new AEW (laughs) championship belt. And then, and they brought who MJF jungle boy was that Adam page. Um, and then, Oh my gosh, why is his name escaping me? The, um, and then, oh, it's uh, Jimmy Havoc. Oh yeah, that Jimmy Havoc. Jimmy Havoc also looked great in the Battle Royal too. Right. He, they've been pushing. They kind of felt like they've been leaning into him as like that that next tier, like one of the names on that tier. Which really, I had never heard of him before they started talking about him. Mm-hmm. And I went and looked it up, and it's like, oh, okay, this guy's serious. Um, so yeah, no, they did a good job of like that was an amazing swerve. There were a lot of swerves in the night, but when he came back out and he cut the promo on on Brett and Adam Page, it was just like. I didn't want him to stop talking. Like, I couldn't take my eyes off of what he was saying. MJF? Yeah. yeah. And the confidence in what he was saying was like, it really made you think of some of the some of the better people on the stick. Him saying to Brett, look out, there's a fan in the ring, was the highlight of the night. Oh, that my was better gosh. than everything else. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I don't... Jimmy Havoc... I want to use as a little as a as a, as a little uh, t- test subject. I don't want to linger too long in the battle royal, although I think it was instructive about a lot of things about all elite. I mean, first of all, they're all elite is going to relish in the sort of indie sideshow of the uh, part of the of the industry for I think as long as they can. Now there might come a point where we've seen it, we've been exposed to enough, and whatever you know, every iteration of you got your Ace Romero's in there, your Luchasaurus is in there, like every every different sort of thing was represented. Yeah, Jimmy Havoc is. Um, I think if mo- if if you're a WWE fan, or you haven't watched wrestling for ten years or okay. something, you know you're a lapsed fan. Yeah. If you just turn on YouTube or someone's like, "Hey, come watch this," and it's a Jimmy Havoc match, your first reaction very well may be, "That's everything that indie wrestling. Like that's everything that's wrong with indie wrestling. It's like right. a skinny dude with a funny haircut who like who like gets violent, like, like whatever, really violent. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And but he is he is amazing. He's yeah. So like all of that is sort of true, 
but I think I think what I, th- I guess the point that I'm trying to make is you look at him, you look at your Luchasaurus, who's just like what the hell. You look at Jungle Boy, you look at uh, uh, even MJF in his way because there's a very old school but also new school thing to what he's doing. I, th- I guess the, what I'm trying to say, the moral of the whole event to me was like find a gimmick, work the gimmick, be the best you can at the gimmick, mm-hmm. and like nothing else matters. If you are the best version of this, of whatever you're doing, you can look 99% like a joke and it's still like the coolest thing ever. That's why professional wrestling is so awesome. That That's interesting because I, 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 I agree in some ways. Well, there's a lot about the indie thing that I think is going to be interesting going forward when they, like, I wonder how that, some of that, and, and there were parts in later in the show where I felt like the indie vibe, I feel like almost didn't translate as well, but how does that work? Like when you're on TV, when you're on TNT, mm-hmm. are are you stapling cigarettes to your head? Like, yeah, I don't know. Well, you you weren't really stapling cigarettes to heads uh, on Double or Nothing because the camera were well, yeah, managed to what, miss I that. Know, right, I, did. I don't know, man. That was the like the first thing I read online was that because I was reading it in real time a little bit, and it was like, yeah, the camera work during the battle royale was terrible, and part of that was on the production crew. I think a lot of that was on the talent. Like, you just got to have somehow you got to be. I mean. Because it's not like, the, yeah, the camera missed the staple gun to the forehead, but yeah. but there was a guy getting eliminated at the same time when they right. were doing that bit. So it was like, they got to not do that. Sure, sure, sure. But, well, and so here, just to make a point on what you were saying about character or, or like this gimmick, like pick a gimmick and go with it. I, I actually felt like the, like the Battle Royal was like where they almost, they, they concentrated the, the most, ex, and when not in extreme and like violent way, but like, out there gimmicks mm-hmm. of the night it was all there it was kind of like let's have that that fun in a way yeah. here but then the rest of the show it became i didn't feel that at all until yeah. actually the angelico and it wasn't gimmicky but like i felt very indie with the angelico match angelico and jack evans match best friends uh-huh uh that was the one where i felt like that that the, truly the indie vibe came back because jack evans was really working that he was like talking the whole time to the crowd and like I and here's the thing, I have no idea what he's saying because I'm watching on TV and I was like, oh, I like these guys, but I like I'm kind of out of it because I don't. It's not translating on a bigger scale for me, you know. Wait, who, wait, who is it that wasn't translating specifically in the match? Was Jack, it Jack Evans? Evans? Yeah, he was. He kept work like speaking to the crowd, yeah, like working the crowd, and I was like, I can't hear you, and it must be great for the first five rows, but everyone else like. Yeah, that is a very indie thing, you know and what like I mean? yeah. just because like you're working in small venues and you can really get a lot of pop off. Of that. You can hear everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I mean, Kevin Owens used to do that shit. I mean, he still does it actually. Whenever they, whenever you go to commercials on the house, I mean, on a on a raw taping, or you, it used to be that Kevin Owens would just start working like the first ten rows. Oh, really? Yeah, just doing funny stuff and everybody and yelling at people and everything else. But like, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a very like small venue thing to do. You yeah. can get a lot of. I mean, it's you know a lot of the stuff that. Uh, the guys in the Undisputed Era do now. Um, they've kind of rejiggered a lot of it and, and do some of it on the on NXT. But yeah, I mean, it's they all those guys came up working the first ten rows. I mean, that's right. how you that's that's how you get over, you know. But I, I agree. So it'll be a growth. Thing. I mean, you know, it's your first major paper. A lot of those guys have never been in a, a ring, probably with more than. Not a lot, but some of them in that battle royale yeah. were like less than 50 people I, ever, probably. I want to touch on that match. I'm just going to run through yeah. uh, Kip Sabian versus Sammy Guevara. I mean, uh, well, we should say that Hangman Page was the last, the wild card. If you have any, if you want to spend 45 minutes of your life having a good time, 
uh, try to figure out the rules or like go. Re- <laughs> yeah. No, there were, the rules were, were fairly easy to understand, but they were just not based in any sort of wrestling reality. It was very old school. It was like pre NWO WCW where they were just like, we've got a new idea and we're just going to explain it at length, you yeah. know? And well, it's, it's kind of like the wild card in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> just like, we're just going to go. No. But so anyway, they, everybody, people came in in chunks based on the card suit that they drew. And then there was a Joker at the end and that Joker was Adam Hangman Page, who was supposed to wrestle uh, Pac, but he, or Pac? Pac. No, yeah. no, I, th- I think I, isn't it Pac? I think I, ju- I felt like I just learned that it was Pac, and I've been saying it wrong oh, all these years, Honestly, because of the, Brit- the British, the Britishism of it. Oh, okay. Anyway. I don't know. Um, Shoot. I'll just call him Adrian Neville. I'm old school. I'm yeah. just joking. Is that his, is that his government name? What? Is that Adrian Neville? No. Is that his, no, 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 okay, no, no, okay, okay, okay. Um, Actually. And, uh, so anyway, he so uh, he didn't make the trip or whatever. Um, well, that's it. That's its that's its own thing. Probably. There's too many stories. Yes, his name is Benjamin Satterley. Okay, Ben Ben Satterley. Yeah, yeah. He sounds like a great indie rocker. I would buy. I would buy like Ben Sat Ben Satterley on his and his acoustic guitar. Yeah, uh, with vi- with knowing nothing else about the album. You know what? That sorry just to cut to po- throw this in there, but you know what that made me think of like him. I don't want to say bailing. I mean, that sounds like negative. I don't know what goes on behind the scenes with them, but not coming and like the the rumors being that he didn't, you know, he wasn't happy with the creative and and really resting on that title that he has in. Um, oh gosh. Uh, oh oh, uh, Wrestlegate. And rest, uh, yeah, yeah. Wrestlegate. It, yeah, made me think of like this thing I always think about with my own like creative work is Doctor. There's an interview with Doctor Dre back in the day. He said, "You never want to be the last person selling CDs," which is why he started going. You know, he sold headphones or whatever, right? He made oh, yeah. a million dollars. It just made me think of that, like Pac, just like holding on to like, well, I don't want to let go of this. I don't want to ru- like disparage this title and like forget it. I'm not going to do any of that AEW stuff. Yeah. It's like. Dude, and then I don't know. I just would be sitting there being like, "Shoot!" Do we, I think we talked about it last week or before on the show. But the, yeah, the story is basically that as it sort of trickled out through Meltzer was that they um, were gonna do Page versus Pac, right? And then because he had the the WrestleGate uh, championship, he didn't want to lose clean. That's part of the sort of either the agreement he made with WrestleGate or just his personal moral code, and then. There, he was actually supposed to win at Double or Nothing, but he was going to win in service of an eventual match against Kenny Omega, which he was going to lose. Right. And they kind of preemptively were like, well, if you're not going to lose, you know, then you're not going to, then we can't set you up for that. Yeah. We're not going to make Adam Page look bad in, like by losing to you, blah, blah, blah. And the whole thing was like, listen, my guess is that, I mean, he's not booked for anything right now. No, he's, they he, took him off. They took him off the, uh, the Fighter Fest. Um, uh, um, lineup. Yep. But, uh, but so, yeah, so, he, so they took him off of that. And I, my guess is it's going to be a thing where it's like, once you drop this title, once you put somebody else in WrestleGate over, well, let's talk again. Sure. But he was featured front and center on all the marketing materials for the, for Double or Nothing. By the way, I drew featured, it into my <laughs> <laughs> featured front and center on the poster that you drew, uh, for this event. Dude, I, honestly, when that happened, I was like, look, I, you're just, it's like, oh, gosh. Is this gonna? Is anyone gonna buy this now? The poster? And then I got oh no! T- it makes it even better. I, you know, I kind of thought that I got some tweets from whoever, like fans, being like, "Gotta remove Pac," and I was like, "What?" I just gave the shrug emoji. Like, what am I supposed to do? What do you? How do you work? What is your? I don't actually. I, 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 
I, yeah, know? exactly. But can you put MJF? And I'm trying to look at it right now. If you do, you, do you work digitally? Would how easy? How hard would it be to put Awesome Kong behind I all know, the rest? Right, of the, right, yeah, yeah, and then just put uh, MJF where Pac is. Yeah, and change. Um, and you can just put Moxley in the middle. That's that's fine. Just yeah. put his face up there, but 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 behind the main event, beside the main eventers. It could happen. We can make it happen. Limited edition. Yeah. Right. Just right. make make. Make ten of them, and we'll sell them each for a million dollars. That's a good idea. But yeah, so he's gone, uh, and that whole thing was a little bit weird. So anyway, they 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 said they had a better plan for Adam Page. He ended up being the last man in this in this battle royal for a future title shot, and he came out. It ended up kind of being him and Luchasaurus and MJF at the end, and uh, there was a little you know confusion. I mean, a little schmozzy thing at the end, and then Adam Page won, um, and that was a great, great. look. So anyway. We're through that now. Um, Kip Sabian and Sammy Guevara just feels like one of those. We'll go back and watch that in a year and just be like, oh, yeah, we should have known, you know, whichever one of these guys is basically like challenging for the title or whatever. But um, it felt like it, you know, I don't think there's a lot to get into there. Um, SoCal Uncensored, SEU versus the Strong Hearts, I thought was really cool. And talking about, I mean, I don't want to relate everything to WWE, but. There was definitely like this was a show opener for a reason, and this definitely had like an attitude era vibe, not in like a traditional way, but in just a sort of like, well, it started off with a big promo, get the crowd going, and then it was a sort of faction warfare sort of thing. Mm, um, see. But yeah, I mean, but I'm not saying like the the work rate was off the charts. Yeah. Both, I mean, Stronghearts did about everything you would need them to do to like make you feel really good about this working relationship. Right. Uh, SCU was. I mean, SEU are are really going to be important. I won't say like who knows what's going to happen with them. They're but, good but ushers. They're, they're, you know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say. I was going to say, say Cog, and that wasn't doing them enough credit, giving them enough credit. But it's um, first of all, Frank Kazarian, he and and Daniels have been together for for a, a long minute. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. They have a, they're, they're, they have a lot of similarities. But the, the similarity that I couldn't get over watching on watching on Saturday's show was. Um, that he is in inher- that he that that Daniels has taught him how to never age. Like <laughs> Frank Kazarian should be old and washed up by now, and he was just like flying around that ring. Yeah. I haven't seen him. I mean, I've seen him wrestle like online and stuff. It's been several years since I saw him in person. It's probably around when they were first getting together that I saw them wrestle live. And I thought Frank Kazarian was like about to retire. I don't remember if that was a gimmick or if I just totally misread that. But I thought Kazarian was about done. And he looked like a million bucks at that show. I mean, for and then of course like Scorpio Sky is freaking great. I mean, the, they're going to be important. I think their signing is a good is an important signifier that like this company is legit. You know, this company is like interested in actually putting on a weekly show with some meat to it and right. not just doing being the elite every week. Right. That, that's a, that's a good way to look at that. Yeah. No. The, and the, their chemistry. I mean, they've been doing it now long enough on like outside of AEW. Obviously, before that was a thing that you get that. But like seeing it honestly with wrestlers that it. Could have gone poorly. Like there was one point in the match. I think it was this. Wasn't it that match where somebody where they did a like a one of the one of SEU did a Hurricane Rana into like a running power bomb and like it got caught into a power bomb or something like that. Or was that in the in the Battle Royal? I think it was that match. But there were a couple of big spots in this young. I mean, in this Strong Hearts SEU match where I was like. I don't know how you call. Ma- I, I've never understood how you call how you call matches across a language barrier. And in this match, it was like more impressive than ever. I know that a lot of the Stronghearts guys worked in Mexico and worked all over the world, so presumably that's the answer. But like, it was impressive stuff. Yeah. Um, 
Anyway, moving on, the uh, the women's match, Kylie Ray, Nyla Rose, Dr. Britt Baker, and the surprise <laughs> entrant, Awesome Kong, was a fun match. Yeah. It did its job of getting Baker, Dr. Baker over as the face of the division, also introducing Awesome Kong back into the mix in our lives. Nyla Rose um, getting that look was really cool, and, uh, and Kylie Ray was good. Um, yeah, that worked out. That worked nice. I thought that match was entertaining. I that is definitely one where I can say I've never seen any of them do it, wrestle at all. And you've seen Awesome Kong. You don't remember Awesome Kong from back in the day? No. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Yeah. So you've never seen any of them wrestle at all. No. And your impression was? And my impression was not. First of all, I didn't go in there thinking, "Whoa, what's going to happen?" I was like, my impression was this is this is great. This is exciting. They they are committed to their gimmicks, mm-hmm. and they their chemistry worked for me. Um, you know, the way, like, I think you, you guys talked about this before on some other things, but like when people go out of the ring and you're, and they're just like, when you have a four way or a a multi tag match, whatever, and people like just go out of the ring, they fall and they're hurt. And you're like, why did why are they gone for like 20 minutes? These, you know, they needed that to happen in this match so people could have their spots and it felt organic, which is another thing that I think is a good signifier of understanding how to do the match. Right. Yeah. And that's what I was really taking. I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is great. Like, it made sense to me. My only thing, my, my, I think the only hiccup in the match was that it, it was hard to compare. I mean, it was like, it, it was like watching, it was like, I feel like watching wrestling in my childhood where you would inherently compare one promotion like against another. It was, for some reason, it was, I, I d- didn't spend a lot of time comparing much of the matches to the ring ring work of WWE, but it was hard not to compare this to like the peak WWE women's wrestling that's going on mm-hmm, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it was a little bit weird to watch to that the crowd seemed to be super into Awesome Kong as they should have been right. at the expense of maybe some of the rest of what was going on in the match, um, which is expected. You know, it should have been expected. But anyway, I thought it was it was a super cool match, and I know I said on this podcast that the biggest problem. With potentially with Sasha Banks leaving and going somewhere else, is that there, the competition wouldn't be the same elsewhere? In this match, I think, I mean, prove me wrong. That I think there's, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot for her to do or for anyone to do outside of WWE. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about, we'll talk about Dean Ambrose, aka John Moxley, in just a second. But this was, uh, I think that the 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 women's ranks, the, the the world of women's wrestling is certainly open to. I mean, it's certainly like there for the taking for someone to to go and grab it like that. Yeah, that's interesting because that I would say of all the things, all the pieces in these big puzzles of rest of the wrestling world, the women like WWE for all intents and purposes does women's wrestling right. Like that that is the that's the reason I turn, tune into WWE. And so that is going to be the biggest hurdle, I think, for other organizations, AEW specifically, is not you're not challenging, but like making your pro- your women's product up to that level, and not because the wrestling's not good enough, but like, do you have enough of a of a roster? Yeah. Do you you know all of it? The infrastructure to, to be able to do Infrastru- basically two divisions. There's a, I spent a lot of time thinking about infrastructure. The next match on the card you talked about earlier was the Best Friends versus, versus Angelico on Helico, as he's known, and Jack Evans. Right. Everybody, I mean, I'm I'm a uh, on Helico Angelico Mark. Oh, big time. Uh, um, and more than anything, I like I can't get over how, like, I just can't. I just don't. I just don't understand how a guy with his skills, his height, and his look. Like how WWE just hasn't just like banked a, backed a Brink, Brink's truck up to his house at some point in the past five years. Like yeah. it's just sort of even seeing him on AAA. Like I just don't know. Anyway, all that said, infrastructure. The best friends 
are, and I think the, the Angelico and Jack Evans are the ones that are going to, I mean, have this huge upside for the division, you know, the tag division for the company. Chucky e. T and Trent are the sort of guys that if this company is going to work, if it's, if, if the show is going to feel full, if it's going, you know, if, if we're going to care about the matches up and down the card, those two guys are going to have a huge responsibility. They're going to have big, big roles to play. Not them specifically necessarily, the guys like them, but for some reason, those are the guys that jump out at me. Like if, if they're going to make this, I feel like it's sort of the way I felt about Becky Lynch when all, when she got called up along with Charlotte and, and Sasha, I was like, if the women's wrestling is going to happen, if it's ever going to go over, Becky Lynch is going to have to be famous. Like Becky Lynch is going to have to be a star because Sasha and Charlotte at that point seemed like easy. Like, okay, uh-huh, uh-huh, we've, we've got, uh-huh. we've got our top two. Do we um, care enough about the division uh, to make number three matter? Okay, I see what you're saying, and that's the kind of the way I feel about. So uh, they're your mark. They're they're like that. They're the the bar that needs to they're not rise like their they, bar is low, but like they're the next tier. That's like okay, if you can get them over, yeah. they can get over. If you can get the Godfather over, then WWF <laughs> is awesome. You know, if you can get yeah. if, if you can get people if you can get people to care about you know the road dog Jesse James, right. then you're like you're you're good. That's really and I interesting and I feel and I feel like. Especially Chuck Taylor has just like all the upside for that in the world, and Trumperetta too. No, I mean it's like it's easy, it's 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 easy to sort of set them to separate them, but they're both really important. I think it'll be it'll be cool. Then did do we did you have any reaction to the Super Smash Brothers? Did you know who they were? Did that when they came out afterwards, oh. Jim? What was your did, Jim? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now that your reaction to what was happening there was the same as the rest of the world's reaction. What what did you think about that, Jim? When they when those two guys like appeared magically at the end of the match. I had no idea who they were. I thought the one guy was like another Viking experience guy or yeah. whatever they're called. Uh, he was wearing uh-huh. that exact outfit with the face paint and everything. Yeah. And then um, I did like the throne made up of like yeah. the uh, minions or whatever those guys yeah, were. Yeah, those were awesome. That was cool. Yeah. But for them to be a team, the other guy should be dressed like him or something. Well, it's, it's weird. weird. I had, the last time I saw the Super Smash Brothers, they were dressed alike. Like they were both wearing masks, I think. Huh. I, d- I did not do my Super Smash Brothers backtracking, but yeah. I swear it was like Player Uno and Player Dose, and they were like a skinny guy and a f- and a bigger guy. Although Player Uno is bigger than He's he used to be. Guy, yeah. uh, <laughs> but they but they're not called. They were called the Super Smash Brothers. It was totally like a Nintendo gimmick, and now they're clearly not going to be called that because of copyright issues. This is way too big time yeah. to be like pulling the shit you can pull in Chikara. Yeah. But like. <laughs> but also that they but they went on with minion not that minions is a copyrightable term but like there Whatever was a lot of it, are. those guys they called them the minions they were awesome that was it's well, a cool, it, that's a cool gimmick wasn't that literally what they were called what, yes what undertakers dudes oh uh, the, the druids the druids the druids yeah. but it, but yeah but there was that whole thing was odd and i think and it was weird that because because player because player dose who that, that's not actually his name it's um uh, what's what's his what's the guy's real name uh stupefied was uh that's um, his and, real uh, name, Stu. Like Puffied. <laughs> uh, he did when I think he was working as Stu Do player Stu Dose. <laughs> they were Stu was somehow was worked into his name, but yeah, that's not like the song, like the like the 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 rock song, Stupefied. I just assumed it was somehow related to Delirious. It was also like a thinner Lindy guy. I have no idea. It's just Stupefied is the way. It's like. Like the like the period when they named all the NBA teams after like the, like the Magic and the Thunder and stuff. Um, they just had it was just a weird naming convention in indie wrestling. But anyway, 
Those guys are apparently going to be put over as big deals. I don't know. Well, don't you? Well, I would. You know, it's funny that they came out during this match because I guess wouldn't you say you put them right there with uh, best friends as like if if the company's going to work, these guys need to be able to like people like that need to be able to get over or work. Yeah, it's true. I mean, they also they already did a little bit of that. Now, listen, I'm 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 on their web on their website right now. I mean, I'm on stupefied's wikipedia page right now and yes there is a picture of him in a mask i'm not losing my mind but he's a uh, but yeah i mean it, it they were certainly more they were like indie guys working mainstream gimmicks on this show one of the guys like stupefied out on the face paint and had like a different look than i've seen maybe maybe he's had that for a while but the shaved head and the beard and the face paint player uno was like shirtless and big and look you know he had that you know, he'd obviously paid some good money for that outfit. And, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. They're going to have to get those guys over. Did they say who uh, any of the minions were? Like, do you think Cody or anybody said they showed that they would do it because they're all in, like, f- for the team? Show the team effort? I think, I think, think John Moxley Cody's, was one of them. Cody's tattoo. <laughs> John Moxley probably would have been identified as being way too big to be in that part. But, but yeah, I, it, it is interesting to imagine how they go about getting... I, mean, I guess you just call the local wrestling schools and you're just like, show yeah. up. They, they probably have as much or more sway as WWE would in that moment. So yeah. um, anyway, I thought that was that was a fun. I mean, it was a fun moment. It was just like that. That was the only moment that really fell flat for me. Not in like I was I was into it as like a performance, but I felt it was a little bit awkward. It was like watching your friend be bad at karaoke or something where you're just like, oh, and not even bad, but you're watching your friend's like voice crack and you're like, I don't care, but I'm nervous about how other people are going to react. People were chanting, know, maybe, who are you? Yeah, here we go. Hey, people, people were chanting, who are you? You that's, know what that's it was like? Good. It was like, I was just at karaoke a couple, uh, actually this was a while ago, um, and this person chose to sing Firestarter. And it's, she was committed to it. But it was the wrong place, not the wrong. It was like I felt nervous for the audience. Yeah, it's like this is maybe isn't the right time for this, and it's like that. It's like this is happening, and I like it. But like, what is this? Who are these? Actually, it's funny listening to the commentator. Like, Jr. had no clue who that was. Yeah, and you could hear it, and it was kind of like, whoa. Um, but again, it just added another uh, a sprinkle of like, oh man, what's to come in the future. Yeah, so I it think got that's me. Right. So at the end of the day, I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm excited. I got to find out more about them. And there was the Joshi match, which was super cool. I do have the last name on my, I mean, the, it, I'm, I'm going to get, I'm going to botch this pronunciation, but the, but uh, Hiraku Shida was a real star. And, mm-hmm. and I think that like, she's, that's my, my big, I mean, it was really cool to see Aja Kong. Uh, you know, she's past her prime, but it was super cool to see her on this card. Um, Sheeta is a is going to be a megastar. And which and describe the outfit because she was in the red. She 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 won, she the, won match. the match. Yeah, yes, yeah. I, I have, yes, I was. I fully agree. Um, she she. I was I was gonna. I was I was. Um, I had like a little like Nakamura comp for her scribbled down, and then she like finished the match with a running knee, and I was like, this is too on the nose. I feel bad about it, but like she's. But her style is really not a lot like his. I just thought there were just some similarities. But anyway, but she was she she's a big star. I'm, I was very. I mean, and that's that was my big takeaway. Next was Cody versus Dustin Rhodes. Uh, it was bloody. Oh my gosh! <laughs> were you? I I was hard to watch. Un- I was physically uncomfortable. I, I never. I never like blood in wrestling, um, especially in real time, <sighs> which I obviously was watching this on delay. But like. When when you don't know what the outcome is going to be, it's really uncomfortable. But there's a little, I guess there's a little bit of when it's 
it's real. It's it's a little bit more. It feels a lot less gratuitous than like going on YouTube and typing in mass transit incident or something just okay. to like see something terrible. Sure, which I've never been able to do. I can't even watch like that Eddie Guerrero match on YouTube. Or right? yeah, like I can't. Uh, yeah, like yeah. I just can't go back to those things. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like who you don't you don't like rewatch Brett Stone Cold to watch Stone Cold bleed. But that's an that's an acceptable amount of blood. I'm not so like I like to like the old. Like '80s NWA, when like Dusty and Ric Flair would, their hair would always be pink with just a little spray of blood. Right. Uh, that's okay to me. Sure. But when it's gushing and you're like, "This is not. I don't know how this is going to end up." Yeah. Um, it's no, that really was really wild. And honestly, the whole time I was like holding my breath. I mean, I and the want, dude's fifty, but <laughs> oh yeah. And, well, and I, so I, I want them to succeed. I want AEW to succeed. I am tangentially invested in that you know i tangentially do work with them but regardless as a fan i wanted to succeed and honestly i'm watching that holding my breath thinking oh my god like if he passes out if like this match has to get x'd you yeah. know like oh that would just like crush the story the not the whole thing but like it would be a bummer yeah and you're watching it pour out of him and you're just like oh my god so honestly i was like waiting it on for it to get canceled and then it doesn't. You're just like, dude, this dude is fighting through this. And like, how do you? I mean, this is hats off to wrestlers. How the hell do you just keep going? Like, and then yeah, probably and good then, thing that Hebner was in there to be able to like help guide that yeah. too, right? Yeah. And not no, it was out. it was it was impressive. It was it was wild, and it was a really well done match. I mean, oh, that was like so good for a match with limited upside in terms of like in ring like in, in terms of ring work mm. like there was a ceiling it had it had it had a ceiling yeah had a like high floor low ceiling sort of match not low ceiling but compared to the compared to the tag match that, that came after it you knew that there, this there wasn't going to be this wasn't going to be a five-star classic in terms of athletic prowess right sure. this was uh, all that that said like with that with those limitations acknowledged this was like an a-plus match oh this my was gosh. fantastic you must dusty or Dustin, excuse me, he looked awesome. Yeah. He was fit. Yeah. That, that whatever the heck he wear, that like BDSM latex uh -huh. stuff, it looked, I was like, damn, dude. Yeah. You're killing it. Yeah. He's in the best shape of his, not his, his best shape of his life, I'm sure. He's awesome. And then the post-match, what do you say, Jim? Uh, two things. One, somebody tweeted, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, uh, for a drinking game for the Masked Man show. Uh, drink anytime that you say someone over 40 years old is in the best shape of their life, which is hilarious. <laughs> and then oh, uh, <laughs> somebody get the whiskey. I mean, it's just aspirational, man. <laughs> I know, it's great. And the other and thing it's is, not, this is, it's not just pro wrestling. <laughs> Everybody over the age of 40 is in the best shape of their life. Like, this is the, the world of like, testosterone 40. replacement uh, therapy yeah. and like all this hormonal shit. Like, Welcome this is. It. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody, look around. Look around my neighborhood in Brooklyn. It's like it, it's like the, the like like gen, like the average person in Carroll Gardens is in better shape than most of the guys in the Battle Royal on Saturday. Like it's ridiculous. Uh, Drink yeah, anyway. But uh, also, uh, what did you guys think of the throne? Oh, that was that felt. Go. What do you think? I was <laughs> like, wow, they're doing it. <laughs> that was my first thought was wow they're doing it and here's the thing I thought it was awesome I thought it was awesome because it was for whatever reason somehow they Cody is specifically but that whole company is is managing to thread this needle of like we're not competition 
Well, let me tell you, let me like show you and tell you why we're so fed up with the other product. And then this like attitude killer, you know, angle. And then the throne, honestly, it was Brandy's face to me that made me believe like her sincere, like almost like laughing. Like, yeah, we know this is funny, but also like, this is great. Here we go. I don't know. I, I bought in, man. I thought it was, it was just enough. Yeah, I thought that it was there was a little bit of like a eat your vegetables aspect to it where it felt like it felt like I don't know, like Sean coming back for like his le- the last DX run when he was clearly like way past that in his life or something like there a little bit of like you know you have to do this because it's expected of you. Uh-huh. But that's not that's not where we know we is clearly not where you are. There was also it was also interesting that they went after Triple H and I know that Triple H has sort of become this indie wrestling embodiment of what's wrong with WWE because of his his role there, but I think more because of the perception of him as the guy when he was on top, as the guy that was burying everybody around him. And also, oh, I think yeah? there's a little bit of the, you know, you married the boss's wife, sort of, rather than you didn't earn your job, you you know, you married into it. Or I mean, there's a lot of things, but I do feel like the animosity, or the, or the not animosity, I do feel like the anti-Triple H thing is a little bit of a work like it's a gag oh yeah it's not there's it's a lot funnier to to sledgehammer a throne than and making fun of all of his big entrances and stuff than it is to like make fun of vince you know well, or to yeah, be like, like hot take what, what put take triple h out of that put a vince mcmahon symbol and what do you do like yeah no i mean i think uh, the first thing you would do is go to shane right i mean it's like because there's like these are gimmicks or i guess you could walk out you could do a vince mcmahon like in, if you don't want to do mr mcmahon or i mean you do you would you know, stretch to the ring in a suit and and then like tear it off or blow out your quads on the way to the ring or something oh like God. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but see now that takes and to me that's what pushes it too far. Where now now it's sideshow where this was like a quick thing. The music, mm-hmm. his entrance music still playing. It's still going whatever. It was like I don't know. It just seemed to work for me. Like I remember when Cassius Ono Chris Hero got left WWE the first time before he came back. He was he was on the indies like and he would like take pedigrees i saw him at a dragon's gate show or something down here in brooklyn mm. he was like eating pedigrees as like the gimmick or he would like oh. kick out of the pedigree uh-huh, uh-huh. and that was it was like oh like i'm impervious to this triple h shit you know um but like no one hates triple H. Oh, actually a lot of people hate triple h we'll get to i mean there's there's some issue we'll you know that's part of the john moxie thing we'll get to that but um no but i don't i think most people don't like triple h i think it's i think that the i think that you know there were a lot more complaints of Triple H the co-worker than there are of Triple H the, the boss. boss. We'll just say that. You know, here's the other thing. I think, and I'll just, before you, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think the, the point of what, I guess the, the one thing that occurred to me is that like, and who knows if this is true. I feel like you go after Triple H on some level because you know Triple H is going to get a kick out of it. And, and not that you're scared of what Vince McMahon would say if you went yeah. after him, but you go after Triple H because somewhere Triple H is watching that in his basement in Connecticut and he's just like, all right, all right, yeah. you got me. That's like, a, I, that, yeah. And that's more fun than just like saying "fuck you" to Vincent. Man. Well, and uh, I mean, if you're if AEW is doing what they say they're doing, and they're they're they want this to be around for the next twenty years, Triple H is the guy for the next twenty years. You know what I mean? Like you're looking, it's forward looking. You know, yeah. you can blame Vince for every all the stuff in the pat, but like all, we all know the future. Well, we all assume the future ultimately will end up with Triple H, but. Um, 
just a quick note, I, not to harp on this cr- the thr- throne thing, but like I, I'm looking at the card on this paper, and I'm realizing, like you know, it almost also felt like the ser- like yes, the the show, the pay per view had been going on already for like four matches, but this almost was like the ceremonious start yeah. of like it was almost as if those other people, not that they're any any less important, but like was the opening act for the like the the concert that you came to see, and now Cody comes out, you got your basically your main event. Like your triple, what are we at? Three more matches? Triple main event moving yeah. forward. And it was like, all right, now here we are. AEW, now this shit's about to get go, get real. I know. You know and what I, I mean? Yeah. I think that more. And then we the, the thought of the match is that the Rose Brothers are going to wrestle the Bucks. Yeah. At, was it at Fighter Fest? No, no, because no, no, that's no, the at, one that. At Fight for the Fallen. Fight for the Fallen. Which is, which is a different thing. July. July 29th. Do you know? Do you know? I mean, I I totally missed this because I've not yeah. been paying close enough attention. It's is there a reason why beyond the obvious why AEW wanted to associate themselves with the Fire Festival with this Fighter Fest thing? Like, uh, is it is it just the joke that like we can <laughs> we came up with a similar name because it seems like why would you want to ape off of like a a disaster? Uh, you know, I no, first of all I don't know, but I this was my take was that. Um, the, it wasn't like that big of a deal that show because it's, yeah. it's connected to like a video game uh, event con- yeah. con- con- convention event whatever CEO gaming and so I was kind of like oh it might be like it's sort of like an exhibition type deal so they're they're just like tongue and cheeking it personally I think Firefest is like un- it's like not funny enough to like link, <laughs> link up again like be like oh yeah. look, but like hey um, but, but I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like a. I still can't tell if it's like a full on pay per view event or if it's just like here's four matches. I, I I don't know. Actually, that's where my knowledge ends. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, anyway, so so the Rhodes brothers are going to take on the Bucks at Fight for the Fallen, um, which is tickets are on sale now. Which is, I think, a full pay per view. Yes, like, that that is a hundred percent legit. Yeah. Um, and then we had the championship belt ceremony. Uh, which we previously discussed. Um, Do you think Brett was like, wh- how many year- how many years ago was the Montreal sc- screw job? Like, God, just well, pretend like twenty, even, yeah, twenty two. You think he's like twenty years later, and in, in his mind, he's just slowly raising his middle finger <laughs> as he's lifting that belt up. Like, yeah. My favorite thing was I'm sure he wasn't thinking about it, but still, I, I was really obsessed with Brett's shirt. Yeah, it was because I love. I just know that like if you gave every old professional wrestler like an hour and just like put on your nicest outfit, you're gonna pre- you're gonna debut our new championship belt. They would probably all look just like this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then this was spo- this is other note is this was supposed to be Ric Flair if he had yeah, made it oh, to the really? event. But he, yeah. Okay. 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 Either way, but I actually think Bret Hart was better because he's more associated with WWE. Ric Flair is all has, and Ric Flair is a much bigger star. But Ric Flair has proven himself to be a you know, he's a vigilant. I mean, he's a like he'll he'll do whatever it takes for them. He'll do anything for money, right? He's a little bit of a he's a he's a he's a lifelong free agent. He's obviously WWE. He's a lifelong free agent. Like he, That's there's nothing shock. There would be nothing shocking about Ric Flair doing this. The only shock would be like, oh, this is kind of a weird look because your daughter's you know in WWE. But well, he's done the other Dude, stuff with her what, out there how, too. Blink your eyes and you're back at the the Hall of Fame. And Brett was just there. Like yeah, no, no, no. I know. Oh, I, mean, I see where you. It's okay. more shocking that Brett was yeah. that it was Brett. Which almost and more impressive. It was more impressive. It, but it made. I mean, those dudes are smart. Cody knows what he's doing. Everyone knows what they're. Tony Khan knows what he's doing. Yeah. Like, 
it's funny that that wasn't even supposed to be what the what the story was, but yet here it is, and it's still like another just like pot not pile like piece of this like guess what the, like look at us now uh-huh. screw you WWE without screwing without saying it yeah this is like wow yeah the next big match was the uh, I mean the next match was the tag team match the Bucks versus the Lucha Bros um, wow yeah what a wonderful train wreck that was I mean it, <laughs> like this was this was like the equi- like the kayfabe wow. I mean that in a, I mean I, th- I thought it was fantastic I thought the this is the where a weird match though where the kayfabe the work and the shoot were not that much different right like the the story I mean I don't know maybe there's a story that I was missing but like it felt like the story of you were huh? go, on, go on what what was it, your story it felt to me like what was going on in the match and what was going on when they were talking about the match backstage or when they were you know in real life getting planning this match was basically the same thing which is like it's like when you have somebody you love to play one-on-one with and you're just like, this is, I don't, it, it never matters who wins or loses, but I know it's going to be a one point game and we're going to go have fun. Uh, like, or it's like the, it's like someone who's just like you're equal, not the same as you, but like you're equal in something. It's just fun to like at the ringer. It's fun to write. It's fun to write. It had like a, an online conversation with somebody and just like, write. Just write. I mean, just go in and like make jokes with somebody, uh-huh. you know, or it's fun to like, um to do a podcast with somebody you're like really you know just it's like it's a really wonderful matchup uh-huh. it's gonna like we're not we're, we're just like we're just gonna go out there and both just like flex like crazy and then we're gonna and we're gonna bring the house down like yeah. it's just that simple it doesn't matter who won i guess in this case it kind of does although i i assume the, Bro- the lucha bros are gonna take back the triple a titles that's the only that was the only thing at stake but i guess that triple a probably had dibs on the other half of that exchange um Definitely, but but it was uh, but I mean I just thought it was it was really cool a lot of huge moments a lot of big spots and uh, this to me was you know the real call your shot for AEW and I thought that they they thought that it came through yeah the that's interesting that doubt that your pickup on what you perceived like the story or lack thereof to be and uh, look this isn't this wasn't like you know like the great like the the greatest storytelling. Well, it wasn't that impactful of a story necessarily, but but for me, my takeaway, and I don't like I don't watch every minute of content that the Bucks or anybody in AEW puts out online. Like, I'm not watching every episode of Being the Elite, start to finish, um, but I'll keep an eye on it. And and this was a pay to me. This was a great example of how they're doing things differently in that they were telling a story between themselves and the Lucha Bros via the internet for that's true like the, yeah. and they were playing this thing up you're where, right like the bucks weren't wrestling and so they were rusty and so th- which is if you if you knew that going in then when they would they would have they would quote unquote have misses and they hit each other that was the story it's like oh we're not as proficient now yeah it didn't i don't know if the payoff on that was that great but at least they were playing it in so honestly it was like wow we have something here that we can look at and pay attention to and we haven't even had a minute of official aew airtime yet going mm-hmm. into it and so you know that to me was why i was like wow this is awesome also penta jr like w- crowd work which is yes. not story but just like to have you know he that was my big sell was like these these two wrestlers phoenix and penta are stars i don't remember the first time i saw him do the serum yet a thing at oh it's amazing uh, if it's it was at, like, if i saw that a lucha taping or if it was just at an indie show but i remember being so 
confused <laughs> and overwhelmed by it. Like it was because I didn't know that it was even a thing. And like I the was, entire crowd is like yelling. Yeah. Or no. Okay. Yeah. And I was just like, "Holy shit, this guy's over!" Like, yeah. just to have that sort of power is not a, is a unique thing. Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, he's super over, and and Phoenix is is just in, um, unbelievable. Like, yeah, he's I mean, just unbelievable. Yeah, if you're if you're really pulling hairs, I'd say he was like, he seems to be the most talented of them all. Like, he can go, he can do oh, yeah. the, the scariest stuff. Yeah, can, I mean, but they he all can, are doing... he can he could he could spend an hour on the top rope just walking like tight roping it. You know, like he's he's unbelievable. Yeah, that top like the off the shoulders springboard thing that he does to the outside. That and, was like, wild. I, yeah. I had never seen. I mean, I know it's not like groundbreaking, but I had never. I never. No, no, he's he does cool stuff like that all the time. I and mean, the, yeah, the match was it was a really really good match. And I yeah, I mean, I, I I don't don't mean to diminish it by calling it a train wreck. It was the it was amazing. Um, and then the main event. Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho, I thought was a really good match. Um, I, it's, you know, I'm not exactly sure um, how to, ta- I mean, how, like just how to talk about it without just, I mean, it's, it Jumping did, to the end. it wasn't as good. Yeah. With, it wasn't as good as a previous match, um, but it was really good. I think for a lot of people, it probably opened a lot of, eye, a lot of eyes. Um, Jericho has a new finisher that is a spinning back elbow. Yeah. Um, which is just perfect Jericho to like, you know, adapt and, and add that sort of thing. But the finish was the big thing, right? Sure. I mean, should, do we need to talk about the match? I, I don't think so. You know, although I'll say there's a couple things. Did you, so you re, you watched it. There was like a moment in the middle of the match where I, Jericho damn near broke kayfabe and was like flicking off the crowd. Yeah. And start, what the hell was that? I, I was look, trying to figure look up online and like I couldn't find anything. Written I thought I think that was I think that was all planned. Really? But he was really he was really mad. I mean, he I don't know. Really he mad. looked like he was like I was like whoa whoa whoa. Like again, another moment where I like I guess I was just so invested. In, like oh, I hope this goes well for all these people. And like another moment where I was like whoa 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 whoa. Is this gonna, like the blood? Like is this match going to get canceled? Like yeah. stopped? Is Jericho about to run in and punch a fan? And that's going to be. I don't know how. I mean, probably. Well, then there wasn't there a thing where he was pissed off at the end too. Well, that was good. I mean, like his speech. Like, yeah, I think they were doing the what chant. They started doing that after everything he said, and he was just like, "Shut up!" Uh, You know, and they're like, "What?" Uh, Okay. I think that was what happened at the end. There were you guys more uncomfortable seeing uh, Dustin Rhodes bleeding from a self-inflicted cut or? Kenny Omega fighting with a broken nose the whole time. Was that what happened? Yeah. He yeah, he looked cute by the he, end he of the match. He broke his nose like rough. five minutes into it. Yeah, no, I saw that, but I couldn't tell if it was his nose or his mouth. I guess his face started swelling up. Honestly, I was like, geez, that... You know what? It's funny. That's good question, Jim. I was more terrified of the, the, the gushing because I'm more of like a... need to see it to believe it, but like... Right. I was looking at that thinking like, wow, it looks like just like a little bit in his mouth. I want like almost made you think like, did he like rupture something inter- internally? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, oof. I was more, I was, I was more grossed out by Kenny only because it was like not as it was, it was more confusing, right? Yeah, I was just thinking like, I was, of I was the saying, pain of doing that with the broken nose uh, the yeah. whole time. I was just like, oh god. And he was bumping like crazy. Yeah, right? yeah. he was. And, he made Jericho, and Jericho was just like punching him, like, him in the face. I mean, there was a really cool match at the end. Jericho wins. Um, Johnny Mox, John Moxley, aka Dean Ambrose, comes to the ring, um, and is now uh, 
I mean, he, he DD package DDT or, or whatever DDT butterfly DDT Jericho, then the referee, and then Kenny Omega. Yeah. So and, th- and now he's booked for. I know he's fighting Joey Janela at Fighter Fest. I mean, yeah. Does he, does he have a match at Fight for the Fallen yet? Uh, not announced as of that I, that I saw. Uh, um, but yeah, I don't know because they're okay. So they've announced all out. Right, which is oh, yeah. the re- not re- well. It's like the new all in, <laughs> right? Um, and so that's, and I think Cody even gave an interview where he said like, uh, and it doesn't take a genius to realize this, but like double or nothing, and now like the all out are their like tent pole events. And so I mean, if I was a betting man, it seems like they're gonna set Moxley Omega up for all mm-hmm. out. Um, so what he does at Fighter or man, all these names are getting confused. Fighter Fest. Who, uh, you know, it's it's yet to be seen. Yeah, um, but now that was so. But he, but so there's a, but there's a lot of dream matches here, right? I oh, mean, like he's God. worked Jericho, and we're about to talk about Jer- him and Jericho. But uh, him versus Kenny Omega, him yep. versus well, I mean, like I said, Joey Janela is happening. Him versus Adam Page. Him ver- I mean, there's there's so many so many cool matches they could do. Yeah, um, and as just like just to have a guy of that stature. And it, like another, like they can't be full of it, the the company can't be all WWE retreads or it'll start feeling like TNA or something at its worst moments. But like, um, but yeah, I think that it's uh, he's perfect for them, and he, and he they there there could not have been a more exciting ending to the show. No, they did that. They they nailed it. And like you know, again, this kind of goes back to the very very first question I asked you about like how did you watch it, and now, okay. First of all, it's on pay-per-view. You have to order a pay-per-view. I haven't ordered a pay-per-view since the network was a thing. I mean, actually, I haven't ordered a pay-per-view since I was in high school watching the Attitude Era. But, right, like, so literally, they're ending the show. It just felt like such a throwback. I feel like a kid, man. Listen, JR's screaming in the mic. He has no clue that this was supposed to happen, so he's authentic. And they're closing out their show, zoomed in on John Moxley's face, and like even like the little like the little like copyright AEW uh-huh. shows, it just felt like we're back. Yeah. <laughs> and then it and then it just cuts to black. You're like, wow. And then it now I know I could go internet search everything, but it, for a moment you're kind of like, whoa, what? I, I guess I have to wait till next week to find out what the hell is next. Like, yeah. You know, it, it was cool. It was it just think they. You know, kudos to production for getting the camera right and and the commentating really shined. I think in that moment, Jr. was at his best, which that was a little. By the way, Jr. was Jr. was really good. My guy, oh gosh, Excalibur was freaking awesome. Yeah, he was great. Who the other dude? Uh, with Alex Marvez was he? He was you know fine. Um, he allowed Jr. to have a sort of more natural role, I thought. Sure. What did you think of the? So they, you know, the, a lot of this is they're talking. They want this to be more of about the sport of it all, and so I, I felt like I you could tell that, and not in what they were saying, how they were commentating, but you know when they would cut to cut to the commentators, it, it felt like you were in the booth at like an NFL game, like literally the camera angle on them, how they were sitting. They weren't down ringside; they were up. Did that strike you as? natural for wrestling did you like that did that was that it didn't really do it didn't really think that deeply about it um (laughs) and the announced teams do very little for me in general but i did like i mean i think i felt like i liked the overall look i mean Uh it it definitely had a it it definitely had a different vibe yeah um if anything i was watching i was really watching some uh, mexican wrestling this week afterwards i just like i don't know if something about this week just rekindled my love for wrestling um 
but uh but yeah i mean i the the, the that's a total that's such a different that's that's such a different venue that like it was hard to really I think I guess AEW didn't quite get maybe the credit. I didn't give it the credit the credit that I should have given it. But anyway, yeah, it was. I thought it was cool. I thought it was really good. What did you think? I liked it. I, I thought it was. If nothing else, it stood out as different. Um, it was something that I had never really noticed before watching. You know, wrestling. Like I, I mean, I don't know if other other of like promotions do that kind of thing, but it was cool. It. I, I, I guess I didn't overthink it, but it was just something I took note of. I was like, yeah, oh, I guess they're standing out. Yeah. No, they definitely they definitely did a lot of cool little things to stand out a lot better than WWE did when they went to the brand split, which is not the only uh, insult we can level against WWE by comparison <laughs> here. But, um, uh, oh, yeah, here's what I, yeah, the last, I just, I, the last match I watched literally before we did this show was La Sombra, which, see, with, uh, Andrade. And as, I think it was his last match at CMLL against Rush. It was freaking incredible. Um, I encourage everyone to go watch that. Um, anyway, it was a good show. Great show. Johnny Moxley was there. Um, and that's and and not only was he there, but he followed it up with an appearance on Chris Jericho's podcast, Talk is Jericho. Here we are. Mark this mark right now in the credits, Jim, so everybody can skip to here if they want. Did you have anything about the main event you wanted to ask? Or you already talked about it, Jim? Um, Any no, more notes I, about the show? About the event in general? I just, yeah, it was great, but imagine how much better it would have been if Vince McMahon booked it. <laughs> uh, that was like good. If, <laughs> like if Roman Reigns came out, that would have been awesome. Um, yeah. I, I, dude, I'm going to mark out. That, sh- that shit was awesome. AEW? That show, I was, yeah. I was watching it like I watched Game of Thrones. Like I, I, on a Sunday, I mean, it was a Saturday, but like, I'm not just like chilling with friends, drinking beers. I'm like, no, I'm like on the edge of the couch. I'm watching it intently, almost like as if it's an assignment. You know, I'm like paying attention to every moment. And it was thrilling. And next thing you know, it's over. I was like, wow, that went fast. I could, I mean, for me, it was like, this is great. This is what I want. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Yeah. So Mark, I, yeah, I was I, like I said I didn't watch it live and like I said before I was I was uh, qual- uh, my excitement was slightly qualified yeah uh, but it was this was it was amazing it was amazing and I was so excited about it we spent way too much time talking about it Jim's gonna kick us out of the studio at some point but before we get there we got to talk about John Moxley um, I'm just gonna hold I'm just gonna sit cross legged in the middle of the ring and cut a promo no one's gonna get me out of here um, <laughs> so. John Moxley went on Chris Jericho's podcast and leveled. Uh, he explained what his past year has been like and what led him to leave WWE. He leveled a bunch of sort of backhanded compliments. He, he was very, he was nice about WWE. Sure, they allowed him to become the man that he is today, etc. But uh, let me see. Here's some highlights. This is this is credit to uh, use uh, Reddit user Hollowlock who outlined some of this stuff. Um, Amber, uh, Moxley said he knew he wanted to leave the company in July of 18 when he was out with an injury. Um, he, re- he talked about numerous promos that he refused to read or he pushed back against because he thought they were idiotic. Yeah. Um, uh, the promos that made no sense. He literally didn't know what he was saying or what, he was, what they were supposed to accomplish. Um, he 
was upset that he cut a promo about saying Roman deserved cancer or whatever. That was the one. But then there was another one that he refused to say because he thought they would lose sponsors. And he never, he didn't say what that was. Very nice, very tasteful of him. Um, let's see. He hated the thing, the, the gimmick with him getting vaccinated because he hated the fans so much. He hated the, uh, he, he made a bunch of references to something that I've talked a lot of shit about, which is like him pulling like the red wagon down to the, down to the ring. Right. While, like a couple years ago. Um, Let's see what else. He was excited to return to wrestling when he was injured, but not excited to return to WWE. Vince said he didn't know that Dean was or was unhappy when he said he was leaving, even though he had gone to him every time and said, I hate my character. He they As soon as he told them they were leaving, they booked him to, to get beat up by Nia Jax, which he said he would have been fine with, but the fact that it was clearly like a comeuppance for him... Uh, for him leaving just made him pissed off. Yep. He was kind of hoping they would send him home as soon as he told him they were leaving, but they found they managed, they just kept booking him forever. Oh, there was a cool thing about um, that whole, how apparently he was supposed to, when he, right when it came out that he was leaving, he jobbed out to EC3 a couple times and Which, they were working the house show circuit too. And EC3 was supposed to be the baby face, and Vince was really pissed off that people were cheering Dean. Even though obviously they're going to cheer Dean. Yeah. What do you? Yeah. Well, and he was saying on that note, he was talking about he he felt bad because I guess in hit the way where he, they were trying to bury Dean Ambrose and get these names right, he actually ended up hurting EC3's standing with the fans at least. like you know EC3 like, looks uh, like an idiot. Or an what, ass. I don't even. I meant to go back and rewatch that before the show. What the hell happened with EC3 that, that we were supposed to take as a baby face? I don't. I honestly don't even remember. I remember him posing backstage. I remember him going on moment of bliss and not saying anything. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't get a word in. That was sort of a thing. And then he fought Dean Ambrose. And I did, but I don't know how he was a baby face. I don't know why I was supposed to cheer for him. And Ambrose Which at that point. Which is the whole point. What's the story? You, if they, the wrestler doesn't even know the story, the fan, you, doesn't know the story, who knows the story? You can't keep up. It's mind-boggling. And I'm, by the way, uh, here's some other stuff from, uh, from a different Reddit user. Let me get this. Swaggo like Bama. Swaggo. Great user name. Uh, Vince always thought Dean was, Dean's character was some wacky guy who did zany shit, and Dean tried to fight it. Um, let's see he didn't like the hokey shit didn't understand why he was getting it and thought they were setting him up um, and didn't like WWE's promos and didn't think they made any sense I'm glad that he's not the only one that thinks that because when people start talking in pre-recorded packages I just stop listening I know that I won't understand yeah how complicated is this you just give somebody a reason to dislike somebody and you have them explain it right Right. And, and you know, like, if, okay, if you're, you're a creative person, I'm sure a lot of people have their own versions of creativity out there, whether you're an artist or a writer or whatever. If you don't believe in your own, like, if I'm trying to talk about one of my posters and I don't believe in the poster I made, mm-hmm. you're not going to believe in me when I'm trying to talk about it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And so, like, if you don't, so for Ambrose, which he spent a lot of time t- being like, yeah, I'm an artist, I'm an artist, which is I really appreciate about these wrestlers. Like, it's an art form. It's a performance. If he doesn't believe in the art, then what, then, like, the the curtain is metaphorically pulled back already. Yeah. And, like, we all, you know, so you're already disinterested, whether you even realize it or not, you know? And he didn't believe in his art. The art yeah. They were feeding him. 
And even the people that do, I mean, he was very kind to Seth, his good friend throughout the whole thing, but he complained about uh, when he made his big return and he returned with Seth as Seth's buddy. Um, there was a whole thing about this, but he said he wanted to come back to something totally different, be a heel. And they were like, no, you're going to be in Seth's corner at SummerSlam. Oh, right, and then right, Dean right. said, well, at least let me come back. They were like, you're going to come back the week before to set it up. And he's like, at least let me come back at the event and make a big, you know, make it be a big moment. Yeah. And they were like, and Vince said, okay. And then like later he was the writer, Koski or whatever called him and was just like, no, you're going to come back the week before. And the line that Seth delivered was, if you're going to have a Scottish, Scottish psychopath in your corner, I'm going to have a lunatic in mine. Yeah. And Dean was totally right. Of all the things he said, I got to tell you, overall, he came off as so much more even-handed and intelligent about, and listen, his grievance level was much different than CM Punk's was. Oh, but he yeah. seemed so much more level-headed about the product than CM Punk did in his similar podcast however many years ago that was with with Colt Cabana. This was like everything that Dean said, I was like, okay, I totally understand that. That's totally right. Promos don't make any sense. You go into, I mean, it's like there's one idea and then it gets like the way the, the, pro, the creative process is clearly fucked up at WWE. This is something that we've talked about a million times, but that you hear all the time. And even when people aren't complaining, when you hear people at WWE talk about their creative process, it is nonsense. Like it is so, like there's no way, if, if anything good comes out of it, it's by accident, well, not by design. Right. Well, which is interesting. It really makes you think back on like anything you see that you've, in, like the way they handle Becky has been pretty cool overall. It's like, is she really fighting for that? Did they get that right? Whatever. But um, no, it's like, ugh. okay. Everything he said to me was like, it wasn't, I mean, yeah, there were details, but like, it wasn't new. Like you knew it. Correct. We knew it. I knew it. You know, everyone knew it, but like, now the magician told you what the trick is. Uh-huh. And so it wasn't like he's like giving us something different. He's just confirming. And then that to me, that should be like, I mean, I'm not telling WWE, WWE they need to be worried, but that should be their worst nightmare where it's like they because the the as long as you're not talking about it, the fans might always wonder, well, maybe it'll change or maybe we're yeah. wrong. Because you can't confirm. There's, you know, it's 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 insider sources. It's not confirmed. Whatever, whatever. But now it's like literally the sources on record. You know, whatever. It's just yeah. it's fascinating. And, and what I was going getting at earlier was was what made him. Even though we did know it, and right, if he had just said it, regardless, it would have been, it would have been legit because it was, you know, it confirms a lot of the things that we think. Yeah. But just like stuff like the the way that he explained why that if you're going to have a, psych, a scattered psychopath in your corner, I'm going to have a lunatic in mind. The way he described how that failed was so correct mm -hmm. was just so canny that it was like okay he knows exactly what he's talking. like he's right he's right in all of these questions about like crowd response and how he should be positioned and everything else yeah and the fact that Gim that, that vince thought he was a prop comic when he's he should have just been darker stone cold or something sure you know what it, it's like it's that says kind of all you need to know what did you think about what he said? <laughs> I mean, clearly, the, the, his Brock comments were like, he's like, oh, this guy's, like, so Vince is this millionaire that's letting Brock come in and ruin his, or yeah. paying Brock to come $10 and million ruin his to ruin his company or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty intense. Do you think that he, Brock Lesnar's back there with his own private dressing room with his own private, like, tunnel, like, like I'm picturing, like, an E.T., like, when he has to walk through, like, the, the quarantine tunnel? Because, like, what's that like? He walks down the hall, everybody sees him, like, 
Uh, like, oh, hey, hey. Like, no, nah, you know, I mean, like, I think Brock's probably like, first of all, Brock's probably like, um, I didn't know that you guys were all mad at me because I couldn't <laughs> see your frowns behind my giant stack of money. Okay. Um, but no, I think that he's, I think that, I mean, if Brock were on, I mean, I think he, Brock, even being honest with himself, I mean, I know the guy has a big ego. Anybody with his level of success would, and he wants to be the champ, I'm sure, and wants to be in the main event. But even that, I mean, you could imagine him saying, you know, I'm a special attraction. It's not my fault Vince booked me into the championship. Yeah. And won't, and won't let me, and won't take me away from it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Because honestly, this whole time, you know, even on that interview, um, Moxley, when he was talking to Jericho, he's, he's not. He's like, I don't blame the wrestlers at all. The wrestlers are. Yeah. So, yeah, you, it's, it's fair. But it's so, fair. But, but like what you were saying, I mean, about Vince, uh, this confirming everything and hoping it'll change. I mean, in some sense, a lot of the shift happened when the writing staff got really big at WWE. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and I think that some people, it's really easy. It's been, it's become popular online to blame the writers, to blame the guys who came from soap operas or from Hollywood. You don't, you know, it's easy to imagine they don't love wrestling like you and I do or like uh-huh. whatever. Uh-huh. But in some ways that's like the best thing that's ever happened to WWE is to have a target. That's not a McMahon, you know, to have like, to have the, the creative, have it seem like the, the, Sure, Vince hires it. Vince allows these people to work there, but like the real problem with creative is these know nothing script writers. When like really, it all is funneled through. And I and you know we've all heard this a million times. Yeah. The, the WWE creative team, as big as it is, like they have all the same ideas that we do. Like right. they they talk about all this stuff. Yeah, it's just fil- it's all, it all gets filtered through one person. The, and as Moxley <sighs> said, is it's, it's you know one man is supposedly a genius. Right. You know. It, it, so okay. Jim Ross has said many times he's got pod- everyone's got freaking podcasts now, by the way. But uh, he says a yeah. lot. He says wrestlers are concerned with two things, two C's, cash and creative. And if so, to me, with this situation, especially is like if your creative is so bad and so frustrating that this that guys like John Moxley specifically isn't even worried about what the cash was. He didn't even look at the new contract. Yeah, you have a problem. Yeah, you know, um, he even and to take that one step further, even his signing with AEW, he's like, I didn't even we didn't even talk about money because he because he's so focused on that that first C, which is fascinating that it can be so painful. Um, yeah, I wonder yeah, if anything was, will change. It was pretty. It was pretty it was amazing. The, the I mean, um, it change. It's not. It can't. Let's see. Let's see what else we got. That, I mean, that we have to touch on this thing. Um, he never looked at his contract never when they gave it to him. Which is, I love that. That's he awesome. said that he thought, what if it was $10 million? Before he like looked at it, he was like, he tried to imagine, like, what if they just offered me 10, like, would I have to say yes? You know what it did? It made it, he's like, a very down to earth yeah. person. Well, no, I think a down to earth person would have said yes to $10 million. But oh, you think so? <laughs> okay. I think that, I think the common he's further, man. He's further down <laughs> than me and you and I. He's further down to earth than us. No, no, it's true. It's true. Um, like I don't need this. I got my truck. I'm a, I'm a lady. Yeah, it's true. I just want to be an artist. It was a country song, sort of. It I was mean, a bit of a country song. Um, let's see. Uh, he got physically sick every Monday because he's worried about the shit they'd have him do and just having to go through. We can all sympathize with that. I think a little well, bit in creative jobs. Yeah, totally. Just that whole like I know that this job is going to be. I know like everything I have to go through today is going to make me sick. Sure. Um, yeah. You're blessed if you can get out of bed excited for the work you do 
which I will say as an, as an artist, as a professional artist, that is something I'm fortunate to have. And so like not feeling that I, I get it. Yeah. Um, I, and anyway, also you made $500 for the, <laughs> that shield special. <laughs> what does that even mean? Like, I, I guess because you're know. like you, cause like all know. these contracts are free, freelance contracts. Technically, that they're like, oh, it's a bonus. So we've we're, here's an extra payday. Like, I, I was confused as to even why he's being paid. You know, whatever. But it was pretty entertaining. Jericho really enjoyed that part. Um, but, what was that? What was the line that he kept quoting Vince as saying? We got to get on this. Oh, like this is such such great shit, or this, this is, is so great you. Shit. Uh, this is you. It's such good shit. Yeah, it's such amazing. Good shit. Yeah, I, you know, the events impressions you've heard of, of from... He uh, didn't do a good impression. No, it wasn't, a, but, it, but was it almost them- made it funnier. Thematically, it was a great impression. Which which didn't it make you... I don't know what it is about him. I guess I'm, like, totally marking out, but, like, he, I really felt like I was sitting in a living room listening to him tell a, a real story. I, like, I, I've interacted... You're totally right. I've interacted with him a tiny bit. I've, t- like I've talked, nice to, talked to some people who have interacted with him and didn't have such good experiences. Oh, okay, well, there you go. I mean, I think it's personality type thing. Sure, sure. He's definitely one of those. He's definitely a different sort of cat and, you know, jives different people in different ways. He obviously got along really well with Jericho. And and, uh, and I will say that the wrestlers who count him amongst their among, count him amongst their best friends are all are uniformly amazing people. So, like, uh-huh. you know, it's I've like I said, barely interacted with him. We always yeah. kind of gotten the gotten the vibe that he's not a person who like you know, it's probably not worth trying to be his best friend because or trying to no, I'm not friends with any wrestlers, but like trying to, he's not the sort of guy you just walk up to. Cause you see him in the hotel lobby and yeah. just be like, Hey man, great match. Yeah. Whatever. You know, he just kind of keep, you keep yeah. your distance just like he does. Speaking of his friends, this is a point. I don't want to gloss over this. Cause all right. So as, as a person that I don't know, I'm an emotional person. I care about my friends. I care about, things that are right and wrong in this world. The fact that they wanted him to say, or Vince wanted him to say, like some, what appears to be some pretty gnarly shit about leukemia diagnoses, to me, was infuriating. That like, I mean, I would hope that Roman is saying, okay, yeah, that's okay, you can do that. But like, why are you writing? Like, they had a moment. All right, they, I'm going to take you down a road. They, They had a moment when, when, Roman declared that he was he had to leave because of this cancer. It really like it all, not a full reset, but it almost felt like it was a reset for his character when he came back. And it was like the fans cared, the fans were you know, this is a real thing. He said his you know, he's like my name is I forget what his name is actually. Um Joe blah 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 and mm-hmm. here I am and this is real and everyone was like wow and then he came back and he's like guys I'm I'm in remission everyone was it was like a very real honest moment not kayfabe and yet then they're going to write it into the story like again dude we know like it's as if the magician was like guess what I have a card in my sleeve and it's yeah. there it's like yeah we know now it's not fun anymore and it's wrong and it's rude and it's and it's terrible and like it pulls back the wool that like the WWE likes to be this company that's like hey we're so in, like forward thinking and we're inclusive and we want to do all these nice things and they do a lot of like you know like the make a wish stuff and all that but like then to go out there and send one of your big faces on your company to sh- like make leukemia jokes is like how much do you really care? 
And then I which think you to me, pile I, on the Saudi no, Arabia no. show, which I have plenty of opinions about, you know, but like, you know, like the point was, yeah, I mean, I, listen, we're not talking about Raw and SmackDown. We're not talking about yeah, yeah, Crown yeah. Jewel or whatever else. Like this is, that's not, none of that mattered in wrestling this weekend. And I don't, and but I think you're absolutely right about the leukemia thing. Kudos to you and to Dean John for, you know, being offended by it. To me, the story there, I mean, and I'm, I'm an alien, but is the creative side of it. It's like, there's like, the story, the story for Dean Ambrose at that point was could have been great. Dean Ambrose is unstable. It's something that Vince McMahon and and Dean Ambrose and you know John Good could probably agree on. That's mm-hmm. that part of his character is you know is is in agreement. Um, and and like he was so over i mean if if you want it's just sitting right there he's so overwhelmed emotionally by his friend's cancer diagnosis that he doesn't know what to do with it and he lashes out at the people that love him like that's a human thing that happens and that's when it, when he turned on set that was like this is fucking gold this is going to be great this is like a really human thing and it finally yeah. and even i was like so dissatisfied with his return up to that point because I was expect even not knowing all the stuff I was expecting a nice like, an opportunity for a reboot and it just fell in this this comfortable pad this familiar pattern and and I was like okay this is going to be great and the creative and then immediately it's just like how can we write him to be every other heel in the company like how can we make him as ununique as possible now I guess there was some uniqueness to him being so disgusted by fans which is I guess the last thing we should talk about before we get out of here and we'll be talking about this podcast for weeks to come I'm sure but his the gimmick that Vince was intent on giving him was this was being disgusted with WWE fans. Right. Obviously, that gimmick didn't go anywhere because that feud sort of fell flat, and then Ambrose decided he was leaving. But a lot of people have drawn the line between that and what Sami Zayn is doing right now oh, yeah. on TV, and having and saying we know WWE recycles gimmicks till it sticks, and seems like there's probably a connection there. Of all of the gimmicks that Vince McMahon or that anybody could be obsessed with, why do you think it's significant <laughs> at the end of a week like this that Vince McMahon's singular obsession or one of his obsessions is a gimmick where wrestlers tell fans how disgusting and terrible they are? <laughs> yeah, that's a bad look. It's just, it's like, of course, it's <sighs> the hubris there, I feel. I mean, I don't know Vince McMahon, but for all everything everyone said, like, he is uh, a machine on another level and like of course he would focus on that and it's funny because it's like if you really want to bring these people back the last thing you need to do is like it's not funny to tell them how terrible they are because they're telling you how terrible you are and they have the upper hand in that conversation yeah did that make sense? Yes. No, it absolutely did. The whole thing is just, you just want to shake your head. Well, and then Sami Zayn, you know, I don't, this is funny because it's speculations. Like, did he mention AEW because he was told to? Did he, did he not? Did he do that on his own? Did he shoot I that? will say it made it onto the Hulu cut. So I assume it was deliberate. That probably, it wouldn't have been that hard for it to, and also, and also he wound up for it like crazy. Oh, I, mean, really? he was, I didn't see the whole Well, he, he was I in the, the, he talked and he was like, you guys could ask me anything. You could ask me about so-and-so. You could ask me about so-and-so. And then another fan asked a question. He said, he sort of answered it and then he said, you guys could ask me anything. Like he reset uh-huh. the exact same thing he said before. So I don't know if he was too nervous to say it and he wasn't supposed to say it or if it felt like he was winding up to like deliver a pre-prepared line. But anyway, um, 
Yeah, so they've acknowledged AEW. It spiked some searches for it and Twitter awareness of AEW, which mm-hmm. I'm sure was, I don't know if that was the point or what. Vince Russo, for his part, says that that's clear evidence that they're in cahoots. That is such, I mean, what? I, I that's, read that's, that. the, that's That is the right reaction, yeah. Yeah, I read that. I was like, okay, well, next. <laughs> that's not true. I mean, who am I to say it's not true? But, like, come on. Like, what, what? No. I, I, I'm flabbergasted by that. Yeah, same. Um, anyway, we have to get out of here. We do. Is there anything else about Johnny Moxley we need to talk about? Jim, do you have any questions for me? Nope. Yeah, you just want to leave, right? Yep. <laughs> All right. Thanks, um, Jim. We got to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Jonathan, for coming by. You're going to have to do this again soon. Jim, thank you for watching wrestling this weekend. Uh, for the first time, I you know I've I love Dean Ambrose. I love John Moxley. Yeah, I've is- had a lot of shit to talk about him. I mean, I've said some things about him over the years. I feel like because I th- he, I've always wanted him to be better. Um, but after hearing everything that he went through, I feel like I love him even more. Uh, and and his reaction to it and his level headedness. And so, if there's any point uh, in all the past where I didn't give him enough credit for being awesome, and I feel like I always have, but if I ever didn't, uh, let this be. The biggest ever apologies to John Moxley. Um, we'll see you back here next week, humanly. We are desperately out of time. The tape machines are rolling. We'll see you next week on the Mass Man Show. Wow. Yeah. What a wonderful train wreck that was. I mean, it, <laughs> I didn't know that you guys were all mad at me because I couldn't <laughs> see your frowns behind my giant stack of money. Okay.